still plenty to, to get into, including that amazing Game 7 overtime in Calgary. Dallas doing everything they could to hang on. Mm-hmm. What a what a goaltending exhibition Ottinger did. Everything he possibly humanly could yeah. to keep his team in the game. Shot attempts, I think, when the goal went in were 125 to 50 or something for Calgary. Peter DeBoer out in Vegas. We're going to talk about that later on in the show as well. But first, let's welcome in Gord Stellick, of course. Uh, Gord, if there's anybody uh, out there that... Uh, can put a, a bow on this thing to wrap it up. It's uh, you uh, with your history. Are you as heartbroken as our Sammy Gord? No, no, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I need, um, you know, decades ago, they had a whole summer who shot JR, and it turned out it was a dream, right? And the last Newhart show ever, it turned out it was a dream. That's what I need today, a dream. <laughs> I was, uh, I was. Heartbroken the Boston series. I was pissed after Columbus and Montreal and incredulous about how poorly they played. This is a very likable team. I really enjoyed how this team played, but uh, uh, competed. Uh, I know Tampa Bay Lightning were a tough draw, but all I can say to put context in it, Kipper and Justin, is I think it was five years ago that Joel Quenville came to town with the Chicago Blackhawks and had, so probably year two with Matthews Marner, Nylander and that, had really kind words, said, boy, this team really reminds me of my team when we got Kane and Tabes, whatever number of years ago. And that was pretty heady praise, and uh, it it, it was certainly warranted, we felt, and here we are almost five years later, and that team in the Atlantic Division he's talking about are the Florida Panthers, right? I mean, that's the team. Like, like, so that's, that's the context I put it in that they, uh, and again, a likable team, love many parts about the season, but I, I, I cannot, I cannot believe we're here again. We're here. I, I cannot, I, it's like making up, how do you make up excuses for the hundredth time about same thing? Uh, a lack of the it factor in game six and seven, the lack being able to close it out. 14 shots on goal in two periods. Home ice advantage, the only home team that didn't win their game seven. Braden point out. Kucherov, not 100%. Vasilevsky had been human, had been, anyway, that's it. I, I've been listening to you guys, so I'm getting going. I started off quiet, <laughs> but then I got going like you guys did, because that, that's, that's how everyone feels today. So where are we? Because there, there's some that have the narrative that uh, they're, they're closer than ever, and you should just kind of keep rolling with it. Or are you in the belief of, uh, like, your, your side uh, mirrors on your car that says, Objects are a lot closer than they appear. Well, um, the 29 years ago, the jubilation of the Nikolai Borshevsky goal, uh, just I remember how pissed the Red Wing fans were again leaving that building, Joe Lewis Arena, Game 7. But they kind of stuck with it because they did bring Scotty Bowman in, but they didn't move Steve Eiserman, and eventually they did turn the corner, and we know what happened there. So there is merit to that. There is merit to that. Uh, that's the best comparable that I have. But... I'm annoyed that, again, because this is the core group that just flat out didn't want to compete in the big games the previous two years. So we're in this predicament because when when you have a chance to seize an opportunity, you didn't get it. And this time, when you had a chance to seize a very difficult opportunity, uh, once again, it didn't happen. So I don't know. Is it kind of thing that – because I really believed if they won this, I had them picked to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I really think, you know, you get that one series out of your way, particularly against the defending Stanley Cup champions, but we'll never find out. No, and so I, I, want, I want to play a clip for you here, uh, Derek. Uh, if we can play the Morgan Riley clip on does this year feel different, why don't we listen to that and then I'll ask you a question on that. We do have that confidence in us, but. 
Oh. I, it's not right now, um, you know, because the feeling is the same, the outcome is the same. Um, you know, whether or not there's, you know, differences or more positives or whatever, it's going to take some time to figure that out. Ultimately, the outcome is the same, um, which is very disappointing. Um, so, I mean, we'll break it down further, but right now, uh, no. And what about you, Gord? Does it matter that it feels different? A lot of people think it feels different. Riley said to, to for his case, it doesn't feel different, but that seems to be the narrative coming out of their losses, that it felt different or it feels doesn't feel as bad about this team. Where do you sit on that? Um, I, there, there's a lot more, again, positives, hard to use that, but, but there are, there are. I, 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 I was, I was enraged by their lack of wearing it last year, any kind of accountability. And if I hear the word process one more time, I'm going to, I'm going to bleep and whatever. So the, so, so this is, you know, and, and your affiliation with the, the New York Islanders. And, and I, I, I lived it that they had some heartbreaks before they won four cups in a row, Justin, you know, that very well from, mm. you know, and, and, and then, then they turned the corner. So, like I, I can dig what he's saying to use an old word, but uh, again, I keep looking. I look at the collective body of work. So Barry Trotz gets fired. Peter DeBoer's now fired. When Brendan Shanahan gave Kyle Dubas the keys four years ago for a team that had made the playoffs, what two years in a row? Four years later, are we supposed to still be just making the playoffs and getting eliminated in the first round? So. So, but but again, in the short term context, you can't just trade Nylander, can't just move Tavares to the right now. I'll say yes to anything. Call up that goalie Hofer that scored the empty net goal in the <laughs> AHL. Get him playing center. Yes, I'm fine with it. I don't, you know. But you know, you, you sit down and and uh, and and look, uh, assess things on ice, off ice. So, I mean, right now, everyone's just need to try something different. There, there's, there's, there is. I do agree. There is so much constructive to look at, but I cannot figure out. Why they, in the biggest games, and they've all done it before, they've all won, they collectively, what, three goals in total, the last four elimination games they've been in, the last game sevens or game fives? I I, I can't figure that out. Talking to Gord Stellick, uh, like any general manager, we can look at uh, the pros and cons of Kyle Dubas's moves. I'm of the belief of, even if you were to make a change for the sake of making a change and, and brought in a new general manager, uh, he'd still have the same issues uh, little money on the cap. Uh, a lot of assets already gone in the last few years at the trade deadline. So where, where are you with uh, one more crack for Kyle Dubas here? And uh, he does have Gorda a knack for finding some uh, pretty good pieces at uh, bargain basement prices here to give him another chance this off season to go do what he needs to do. Yeah, I'm. I'm not after anybody's job. I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm okay with it. It's just, uh, you know, you brought up another point though, Kipper. They don't have draft picks. They've traded like a team that's supposed to go deep in the playoffs, and they've never done that once. You know, and and then they have never developed a goaltender. Like, you know, come on, Jeremy Swayman's getting developed. They got Spencer Knight in Florida. Vasilevsky was a first uh, first round pick for Tampa Bay. Like this, and this predates Kyle Dubas. They haven't developed one except for James Reimer since Felix Potvin. You know, these, so these are the kind of, and now you're drafting fewer players. So that even complicates it more, Kipper, to your point that you're drafting like a team. You know, chatting with Doug Armstrong today, he mentioned the St. Louis Blues. He thinks the job of a general manager is to get you close, and then sometimes something will happen. You'll get the call, you'll get the break. And like Doug said, it's five times in 10 years now the Blues have made it to the second round of the playoff. And, you know, once they went all the way. And I thought that was a, you know, pretty good analogy. You know, you, you got to get them there, which 
but he's talking the second round. At least they've got to the first round. But whatever it is, and if you're trying to get an official, like you know, the offic- when you're when you're whining about officiating, or not everyone's whining, but uh, if, if if that becomes the reason you lose, like like great teams overcome that. Great teams overcome all that kind of stuff. You just flat out go and get the next goal and and do what happened. And, and I'll say the Leafs were not complaining. They were they were very professional about it. But you know that that's an, another uh, another piece to the dilemma is they've got a, a draft set up now like a team that you should have been in the final last year or this year. So, and I agree. I mean, my God, it's, uh, it has been a push to go in and win every year. So looking at next season and they're making an assessment off this playoff round, where do you see areas where they might make tangible roster changes? Because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of flexibility because of the things we're talking about here. No, I mean it's just, I mean it's like Jim Neal in Dallas. Uh, they're out, and look what who he's got to sign: Ottinger and Robertson, right, coming off entry level contracts. Uh, Dubas has to sign Jack Campbell. You know, just uh, uh, you know, and they got to find money for him in some way, shape, or form. Um, to like they they've committed so much, Justin, to this that like like just a cosmetic piece doesn't change it. And who doesn't want Austin Matthews on their team? He's the Hart Trophy winner. And Mitch Marner on their team. He's outstanding. Game seven, uh, you can't... He didn't do the Mike Babcock. They, uh, Matthews played over 25 minutes. Marner close to 25 minutes. You know, they're, we're trying that way. But in a lot of ways, it just said, where's the Nick Paul on Tampa Bay? Where's the Max Domi uh, from, uh, from Carolina on Toronto? Like, where, like where's the Nikolai Borshevsky or the Mike Foligno getting the big overtime goal? Like, you know, and to your point, and, and you know, I've read your articles and that just about, yeah, like, you know, where, hey, Kerfoot is an example. Like, I really like him, but he, he took... Took a needless penalty one game at home, okay? That penalty kill, he's aggressive in that, but there's a carelessness there that, that there was no choice but to give the second second minor. That's one you really don't want to get in, in the offensive zone. And the guy was hustling and everything, but just you needed the big play from one of those particular one of those particular players uh, in game six or game seven, like Nick Paul did, choosing to get his first two ever playoff goals in game number seven for Tampa Bay. Gord, we, we talked the majority of the season loving the third line, Kemp, Engvall, and Mikheyev. And yet down the stretch, uh, the two on the wing were, were awfully quiet. Does that change your feeling about Mikheyev and where you'd be willing to go to bring him back and where you just say, okay, bye-bye? Yeah, I'm okay with bye-bye. I, I'm, I like the guy, but I'm saying, Kipper, Gary Volk got another contract based on a strong playoff and a big overtime goal, right? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. I so mean, did Villy Leno. Yeah, Villy Leno. You're, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gary Volks was within reason. It was a two-year deal. But Kipper did 99 against yeah. Pittsburgh. And, you know, and, and to me, that's where a, a difference maker has to be. Like, I mean, I think what, like, the one thing about the contracts, okay, that's, I, I understand that spilt milk. But there were such aggressive negotiations that the Leafs also set a standard that, um, incredible signing bonuses, little little salary based, which pissed off other general managers because they're used as as precedents or they're, they're used as comparables, and and uh, so that's one. And then you know, in Austin Matthews' case, he got the five years rather than Connor McDavid's eight, and that's so that's set the standard now that okay, you can still get the money, but you don't have to sign for eight years your second contract. You can you can potentially walk or be a UFA after five. So. You know, so much, there seemed to be so much compete in those things. You go, where is it on the ice when you need a win in game number seven? And that's not being critical of Austin Matthews in the slightest. I'm just saying in the boardroom, there's been a real, 
aggressive way about, you know, getting things done and fine negotiations are negotiations, but where is that it factor to make a difference? That's a fair question. And, you know, one of the things that you look at Tampa Bay and we're talking about uh, the ways that Tampa Bay had an advantage over Toronto was they had a clear identity for their fourth line, right? Like you knew what they were. The guys didn't matter in every game, but they, they did won one hockey game. They won a hockey game for that team and the Leafs weren't able to have that. What do you expect to come of their fourth line identity? Will they search for one? Because uh, right now it's a bit of a mishmash of what the theory is behind the, that line. Yeah, that's a good term for it, Justin, mishmash about, you know, you got Simmons and and Clifford playing the first two games and then not playing at all, you know, so you kind of got different different variables there. I mean, we all love Jason Spezza, Mm. and I I still do. So, I mean, I would hope he comes back, but just, but, but... Yeah, you know, it was it was more the third line that I got sold on the regular season. Uh, the fourth line, uh, I, I hey, uh, I like uh, I like adding. You know what they did as far as uh, uh, Blackwood got and uh, that, and just in you know getting how he played and just a, a few, but just it, but it wasn't enough. Like just just the I know there's supposed to be energy lines in that, but it, it just it just wasn't uh, enough. But I mean, it's certainly different different pe- I mean they'll break it down like you know Justin they'll break it down and and take a look what's going on and how it was it's 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 all just a blur now what happened it's like it's like one of those accident scenes that you're trying to reconstruct it to the police officers about uh, <laughs> about what happened because you're just you know you're just remembering you lost and it's just like this kind of ugh kind of feeling once again but there's no question like you you certainly have to get more from them in the playoffs and you know when when they were going well when things were going well during the season you, you you believed you were you were getting uh, you, you know you were getting it uh, from them so yeah I, I I mean it's just it's just got to be different right and and those are easier pieces to fill I mean those are easier pieces to feel Gord did you see and and going into March uh, so much talk about the number one power play the number one power play was fourteen percent in the last month oh yeah. I mean, really, that's that's almost where we, we can begin and end, right? That's almost where we can begin and end, really, our, our conversation about what's the difference uh, about this number one power play. And last year, remember the same thing happened inexplicably? Uh, started off killing it in the All-Canadian Division, and people were saying, well, it really shouldn't count because the Canadian Division is weaker and that. And then all of a sudden, don't worry, it just didn't work. And um, and that was a problem in the playoffs again last year. And, I, I, I hey, they tried some things. They they sweat, They put Giordano, you know, on the point. Uh, they they kind of flipped Austin around and a few things to try to make it happen. But, again, there's, you know, there's got to be a level of consistency like we just talked about, about your four lines. Like, you know, Kippy, when you won it with the New York Rangers, I always found in the playoffs – the depth matters that each line that comes on, uh, there's less of a gap talent-wise and effective-wise, like the first and second, second, third, third, fourth. Like, it's, they basically keep coming at you, right? They're, they're not differentiated so much. So you get that kind of consistency. And again, that's what we're talking about, eluded the Leafs in the playoffs. And also, um, special teams and goaltending. That's what comes up big in the playoffs and is even more important. And they're calling penalties nowadays. And your, and your power play disappeared. Your power play that was so effective, again, a common theme, the most important time of the year, something you do quite well, and we've seen it, just didn't happen. One more for me, uh, Gord, before I let you go. Uh, as a former uh, general manager, you've had a few end-of-the-season press conferences looking for, uh, of course, uh, accountability and uh, a message that you got to send the fans. What's Kyle's going to be when we hear from him? 
Well, okay, so um, first of all, where I'll cut him a lot of slack was you knew the first presser he had one year in that it, it didn't sound like Mike Babcock and him were with the same teams. You remember that? Yeah. Like Mike Babcock spoke and then Kyle Dewitt, and you go, wow. And, of course, predictably what happened the next year, they kind of wasted a chunk. So they, they, they've, made, they've made that. First of all, I don't want a PR person to say two more questions. Okay, answer all the questions. Where are you going? Great I mean, point. two more questions, right? Yes. You agree, Justin? Yes, yeah, so that's a great point. This is, yeah. There's no time to run. There's a million questions. Let's hear your answers. Totally. Be accountable. That, that always pisses me off, and it happens. And so, so, so uh, But, you know, a couple of years ago, it was defending Mitch Marner, which, again, I keep talking about, and we argue about it, that I don't – you can't go by social media, like, about people love Mitch Marner. They're just pissed what happened with the team. And then last year, uh, the um, – it just was lame. It just the don't, no 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 drivel. Okay, no word process. You know, be upfront about um, you know, bear your soul to Toronto fans that are the most abused fans in professional sports because they're so supportive. And to go through this incredible ro- roller coaster again, you know, then you know, talk about things. Talk about accountability, which is Kyle Dubas, which is Brendan Shanahan, Sheldon Keith, players. And there's a lot of positive things they can be accountable about. Someone today already said about their. Did, did someone talk about they're working on Austin Matthews' contract extension? They can't do that until a year before. I know you can always talk behind the scenes, but what we're trying we're trying to throw that like bouquet out there now, you know whatever. So you call so no, BS. Well, Kipper, it, it doesn't hold water because he can't sign it till yes. July first next year. So so what? Not only that is that you don't know where the revenues are going. Why would you start negotiating totally. a number that uh, won't matter for you in a year? Totally, totally. So drop that BS, okay? You know, a, a big reason why he'll stay or not stay would be how the team performs. I think that's the same for anybody. So I, I just want more accountability and more candor, more honesty. I don't want cute terms and terminology. I don't whatever. Like, we get it. There, there's a lot of positives. We understand it. We're, we're cutting you slack this year that you didn't deserve the last two years based on your playoffs, but certainly this team deserves it. So, you know, let's just answer all the questions and uh, and – make Maple Leaf fans kind of walk away after tomorrow saying, okay, okay, I don't feel good, but I'm satisfied by what I heard and what I saw this time. And and if it's going to be one more time, let, let's get at it. If we're going to give it one more try, let's get at it. Well said. Hey, Gord, always appreciate your time on our show. Thanks for doing this. Hey, I'm, I'm loving, I loved your guys' first hour. Like, I'm just, this is, uh, this is like, you're like, like I said, this is like, this is like Fraser Crane. That's what, this yeah. is great. Sammy's I don't know which one. through it, buddy. So, yeah. Sammy. We went to commercial break. Sam's thanking me going, oh, I, I feel better. <laughs> I do. I needed it, boys. I needed it. I came in. I was in dark place this morning. I, I, I haven't recovered. Even close. Uh, yeah, but that's what sports radio is about. In all seriousness, so that's great. This is where you get a chance to shine, and you guys, uh, three of you, uh, well, the five of you, certainly have done it. So anyway, thanks for letting me be a part of it. Thanks for the kind words, Gord. You're the best, Gord. All right, we'll stay in touch, okay, pal? Okay, man. Take care. Gord Stelic. I'm invoicing you, Sammy. <laughs> yeah, for this or for, yeah. for the donut and coffee <laughs> you bought me today? Or <laughs> all of it. So, Sammy, what do we got uh, in terms of uh, the Leafs? Any uh, official... Uh, release on uh, availability apparently tomorrow morning at 9 30 the player stuff is going to start followed by the coaches and management so, you know what i'm dreading tomorrow and that the show them answering Every, questions with not having had enough time to assess things and you know punting every answer 
what's going to happen to this? Well, we're going we'll to take some time. Yeah. We'll get back to we're you. We're going to take some time to really evaluate. And that's fine. You need time to evaluate it's stuff. It's early, so, though. Guess, I know guess it's what, early, but it's what? just. That's why they're doing it tomorrow. I know. Yes. They're yeah, not they wait, had, They're not waiting a week. You're right. It's a good point. Get it out early so and say, just say it's all fresh. The wound's still there. We're going to assess, uh, evaluate and assess. Couldn't the public say, hey, tickets are $500. I look forward to your following press conference a week from now when you've <laughs> had time to assess it so we can get some answers. Yeah. I don't know. I I like what Gord said in terms of what he wants to hear tomorrow, and I just don't want to do it again. I, I, I don't want to listen to it again because even in Marner's postgame, he said, he, he said the magic words. We had some good looks. Oh, he said yeah, that. And it's like, oh, like I almost fell <laughs> off my that, chair. Can I tell you, when I was with Kyle Dubas and um, Sheldon Keefe, we lost in the third round and the second round of playoffs. And after both times, we got together as a staff and everyone of any significance on staff had to bring, I forget if it was three or five things. I want to say it's five things that we do well and five things we could do better. And just talking about the whole operation. And, you know, honesty, Festivus, tell oh people, don't spill your water on your, <laughs> on your, that's one thing. But that's the whole thing is that assessment is, you know, what does the assistant equipment manager think this organization needs to do better? Uh, I don't know if that's going to get it done this year, boys. It might be okay, so too communal. There seem, there's a little bit of an elephant in the room here when it comes to coaching that I wanted to bring up with you guys. And I, I agree that, you know, Keith's done an okay job here and, gone out in the first round they've never had a lead in a game seven when he's been the coach or a game a deciding game let's just they've say they've never that. had a lead never had a lead they, against columbus gate six no in, in a game a deciding game in game wow. five in game six seven is an elimination okay you know what i mean game seven game five game seven they've never had a lead right. in any of the games barry trotz is a free agent what does that do to thought processes because barry trotz is one of the best coaches in the nhl hands down barry trotz that, is... that, that would be a that'd be a Bold, Big shift, gutsy move right there. If you knew he get Trotz is sixty two, yeah, he's won a Stanley how, Cup. I mean, the, look it up. There's talk about him wanting maybe to get out of the day to day grind yes. into management, more whatever. family time. You want to come wife. be with the Toronto Maple Leafs? As this magnifying glass is he burning is fi- ants, he is humans fi- like they're ants. He is fifty nine years old. Okay. Yeah. See, this would be intriguing for him. I'll throw out another name that you're going to start hearing a lot more in the next little while. Joel Quenville. Yeah. I'm telling you. How about Babcock? Not for Toronto, but do we, yeah. the, the, these names are coming back around, are they not? They are. They are. And we saw DeBoer go uh, um, lose his job today and his whole coaching staff. Uh, there's going to be a race now for a few. Like, it's just Vegas is going to throw the bag at Trotz probably, right? That would seem like a pretty natural There's move. more coming. Keep an eye on Boston, guys. Whoa. On changes. You think? Hmm. They're they're contemplating. Hmm. I know that. That would be a mistake to me, but and that I, I like Cassidy, I like Cassidy too. too. Yeah. But, He's really but, good. But you, it runs its course. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It runs that. its course, and yeah. then it's like I need a change. And we heard from Lou. Lou, Lou fired tr- uh, Trots. Yeah. But when you go through your exit meetings and you start hearing some things, then you got to make uh, an assessment. My and my. In Boston, Cassidy's yeah. time may have just run its course, and I think he's a fantastic coach. I do too. What what I had heard on Trots is that Lane Lambert is a coveted guy as the assistant coach, and 
you know, they, some ties to other teams, Detroit being one of them. The Islanders were worried about losing him, knowing that Trotz mm. had talked about retirement. That's interesting. So if you lose Lambert and then Trotz retires the next year when his deal's up, and now you got neither guy you want, this seemed like a little bit of a pre-succession before you lost a guy yeah. than it was about Trotz. That's, uh, there's going to be some musical chairs going around here in, in the next little while. and So let me just ask you, you, you think Keefe is totally safe? I, here's what I think. I think Keith is safe as long as Dubas is there. I can't see Dubas. They, they, those They're two best friends. Well, yeah. They're best friends. They've been, they've been, the two of them have been a That's couple. That's a tough you know, one for a married for, couple. For yeah, for 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 forever. guys that and have had been success through, through a lot. That's not an easy thing. And mm-hmm. I, I, and, and I'm I don't not think dis- he was not that series and say that Sheldon uh, Keith is the issue. Is is anyone from MLSE going to put heat on Brendan? That Brendan goes and and says uh, we need a different look. At that point, it's not Kyle then, and it's a new coach as well. For, for Sheldon to lose his job means someone above Kyle and maybe Brendan is going to say, we can't go in looking the same after six tries. And listen, I have to be honest with you. I am somewhat intrigued and fascinated by the idea of a fresh set of eyes. I, I, I can't lie to you. Listen, I like Sheldon Keefe. I really do. I think, you know, we've... He's carried our show all year. I really appreciated him talking for 11 minutes every day. But it's just, <laughs> you know, at some point, like, I don't know. I hate, I just, I, at I some point. I recognize my bias with Sheldon having worked from him, for him, but I genuinely believe he's a very good coach. I do too. But at some point. I, no. don't, I don't know about very good yet. I think yeah. he's getting better. Sure. But I don't know if it's fast enough. Exactly. I think I'm seeing him and Kyle come to grips with like how, you know, some of the stuff that I think used to be labeled as old school being so effective, including use of Clifford and Simmons in game one and some... Which some, they would have never done No, not, two, two years ago. Not a chance. You know, even having those guys on the roster. So, so they're coming around, but is it fast enough for, for the urgency of this lineup to win now? You know, if it's not Tampa Bay this year, is it different? You know, like I, I'm saying, they built one of the best teams in the league. They played these guys... I don't know. Uh, the game seemed to come to them, though. The game seemed to come to the style of hockey that yeah. they see as effective. Everything comes to them except a first-round win. So far. It's <laughs> for damn sure. Okay, let's take a quick break because we're going to come back. Uh, we're going to do some text, too, right? Yep. YouTube comments? Yeah, we'll do a few. And so we'll get them in now. Talk about uh, Battle of Alberta. Still a lot more meat on the bone on Real Kipper and Born. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just going to break, we were talking about head coaches in the National Hockey League. Of course, Peter DeBoer let go uh, and his old coaching staff also uh, relieved of their duties. Top coaches. We've got a 32-team league. And as you contemplate whether or not Sheldon should be back or he should be replaced, like how many really great coaches are there out there? Like for me, like we just experienced one in the first round here in Toronto, listening yeah. to John Cooper. Like John Cooper, Sammy, you love to hate him, mm. right? You know what he did with his lineup in in the first round? Ran it back. And ran it back. Absolutely. And ran nothing. it back yeah. and ran it back. He believed in it. Um, who else is out there? Right? For great coaches? Sullivan. Sullivan. I love Sullivan too. I like Cassidy. 
Um, I mean, we Brandon mentioned- Moore in Carolina is doing a hell of oh, a job. We, well, we love Daryl Sutter, Rod- boys. We have thoughts on Daryl Sutter. Sutter. We love Daryl Sutter. <laughs> yeah, we love we Sutter. We love Daryl Sutter, the man. I know, I think he has a shelf life, but he does a great job. Yeah. The torts find his way back in? No, not a chance. I don't think so. Think that's done? I do. Babcock? No. I think, think Babcock. I think he gets a crack at it? I do. It? I think he gets another NHL you draft. You do, eh? I do. I, listen, do you think Sheldon, or do you think Kyle, huh, Mike Babcock, if he didn't get fired and he had the same roster over the past four years, are they are they worse? Are they better? I was sitting here asking myself that question. Babs is good. He's a good coach. He was know. a bit of a meanie to Mitch. I don't think once. Uh, I and I, some guys, but I don't. I, I think uh, personally, I think Matthews and Marner were happy. Oh, that, for that, sure. That ship sailed. I wonder if maybe there's some softening to Babcock because the ego was kind of out of control for a bit. But we'll see. Oh yeah, <laughs> Mike Babcock thinks so. Yep. All right, Tammy, <laughs> where do you want to go here, pal? All right, I got a few things for you. Uh, let's, let's just start with this one from our YouTube stream. Then we'll go to the texts. This one is from John Mitchell and not the former Toronto Maple Leaf who now covers the avalanche question. Has Kyle Dubas backed himself into a corner by saying he is willing to put his job on the line backing this core? No, because there was no alternative to the corner that he's in. He maybe, so maybe he's backed into a corner, but there was no, it was a funnel to the corner. Like, what else, well, what's the alternative? Well, was there a time restriction on that comment? Well, that's that's true because his this last year going into the season at the presser, he was like, "I'm willing to bet everything so, on it." I, uh, I do, not sure when that bill comes. Uh, are we doubting that in the next 24 or 48 hours we're going to hear? I still believe in this group. Are we going to be shocked? No, we're going to hear that. What else would you say? You don't exactly. So, so. Did he have 12 months Are to do it, 24 months to do it? Are you convinced we see Kyle Dubas and that he doesn't get fired? You know. Would it, would it shock you if we come off the air right now and you get a, a Sportsnet notification? Yeah, it would. That he's been like, oh. Yeah, it oh, would. Okay. It would. I have no idea what to think about that. I don't know. Again. I think I'd be surprised. When Brendan Shanahan went from Lou Lamarillo to Kyle Dubas, you want to t- talk about putting your he cojones? You want to talk about putting your cojones on the line? That was like Kyle Dubas. Balls on the line, and there, there you go. Yes. Oh God, big ones. That is huge, Kyle Dubas. From where exactly, and what junior team, and oh, I'll tell you where. Sault Ste. Marie. Wh- it's all and, we ever and, hear. And what did he ever win? And what's his record? And is he ready for this? All those questions were were there four years ago. Brendan's not ready to bail on Kyle wow. after after Coaches going, get going against the grain. Though he went against the grain. If he can squeeze one more year to give him a try, I think he's going to hold on to it. I think that the only way we we hear of that announcement mm-hmm. is if someone in MLSC on a board says, no, we, we're we not ready to yeah. give you the same chance. And I think everyone likes Kyle. Like, he's a pretty... Very likable. Yeah. And outside of not getting out of a first round, you love everything about him, uh, his sensitivity to diversity, all of that comes into play. Very aware of the organization's direction and the bigger picture, for sure. So, but can he... Win around while we're at it. I know. And is That's anyone at the, the day you know, she's a win in business, says Sheldon it, Keith. It, 
is there anybody in MLSE paying close enough attention to, you know, what is going on here? Oh, yeah. Come on think, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think yeah. they're aware of the picks that have been lost over the last few years? That I don't know. And where the cap is and where it's left them to sign. I, I guess they're going to get updates, but to me, someone has to really be paying attention to say, uh, moving forward, we're, we're, we're in a box here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, 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 we're bailing water, you know, with a, a styrofoam cup. You know what's funny is like you wonder. It looked like the Leafs had two GMs to choose between. You know, the Islanders not in a much better spot right now. I'm not sure if Lou would. I don't know where the team would be. The team would look a lot different. I can tell you that. Yeah, and, people, and, and their Islander fans is not very happy with Lou right now. A lot of people not very happy. But Lou's got back-to-back GM awards. He can flash still. They're yeah. very fresh. They are very fresh. He has the ear of ownership there. All right, next one. What do you do with Mark Giordano? And that's from a nameless texter. Oh, I love this because I think Kipper and I are at odds on this. I'd welcome bringing him back. Did not see that coming. (laughs) No problem at all. All You are my... I'm going to use you as a fifth or sixth defenseman. Yeah. You're going to pay play, you like one, though. You're going to play 50 games, 60 games. You're going to be in and out of the lineup. You're going to help my kids with their stick position. And you're going to be. Bridge Dunlop you're, you're on be, You're going to be my Jason Spezza next year. Unfortunately, his salary comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say this. I loved what he did for the Leafs decor. I thought it stabilized them. It calmed things. I thought he made partners better. So versatile, right? They threw him on the power play. He, I really, really thought he was a great addition for this team. Last minute protecting leads. There's no doubt that there were moments where you see him skating back to his own end and you're going, and, you know, trying to keep up with Anthony Sorelli, who's pulling away and that all-out effort makes him kind of overcommit. You know, we talked about that. There's a couple, couple tight b-hole moments, no doubt. We sure. talked there's a about couple. that. There's a couple. That you know, and that's why he's speed, not the Norris Trophy guy anymore. Foot speed he's, was an issue. Right. So if you, to me, if you can get him for two million, no. two point two, no, I want him. No, I lower, want him. lower. Oh, you want two want. million? You're gonna go somewhere else. No, I'll... I can't afford you at two million. You want Labushkin or Giordano at two million? Gio. Really? Yeah. You don't think Labushkin's worth that? Oof. Hey, you're, Whoa. you're, 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 <laughs> you're going to tell, hey, tell me that, you know what? You're Kyle Dubas. Go find another Labushkin that nobody has ever heard of. Where's this magic tree Dubas has, these, guy, Listen, these guys? If you're bringing them back, you got to give you, the guy some credit for finding these pieces that are bargain basement. So go find another Labushkin. And, and unfortunately, I'm part, really surprised by that answer. You'd rather have Giordano at Labushkin. No, I'd rather, million, I, I, want, I, want? Want, I want a heavy hitter. I want Labushkin too. Okay. Okay. Labushkin I'm made 1.35 last year. He's a UFA. I'm not um, saying I don't want Labushkin or I don't, I don't okay. see the value in him. I'm saying that I need a veteran presence still, and I'm losing Spezza this year. You're not bringing Spezza back. You know what so we have I a- need another one, and Gio can do it. But he needs to do it at 750 or a million at the most. Really? The problem is, is I think he could get a million and a half or two million from another team. You just play 20 minutes a night. But you don't get to live at home. You don't get to be with your family. You don't get to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. That's the card you have to play. You played it with Spezza. Why is it any different for Gio? 
Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, two things we didn't get to on the show. One is Jake Muzzin and his $5.6 million and his two remaining seasons on, on his contract. 5.6, two years left. That's a big question mark for me uh, in terms of assessing the, the value you're, you're getting for guys. Here's the other question, though. Muzzin's a guy who's won a Stanley Cup, right? He's been that guy. He's seen this before. My question is that the Leafs keep bringing in these these veteran guys that are so good. You want another veteran guy? Geo, Spezza, Simmons, Thornton, no cops. Yeah, no cops. Muzzin, cup. At some point, you need someone. Yes. I feel like I with a disagree. little bit of. I don't disagree, but uh, they're hard to find. Yes. And if if they've had a cup, and there's, and they've got that deep experience, chances are they're they're Lots st- more. They're sticking around, and um, you know, look no further than in Anaheim with their big captain. He could have left, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, gets left. No, I'm staying. I'm staying here. I'm not chasing it in Toronto, but like, who's who's got a hometown here? The guy that they missed out was Corey Perry. <laughs> Corey Perry. Nah. He other than the one goal, I. I no, he made a shot block hey, in hey, Game Seven that I was like, Ooh, a winner. I know he's but a like, winner. Listen, I don't want to sit here and say that he was the reason they won that. No, no he's not the no. reason. He was. He's... He was pretty uneventful for most of that series. Uh, I wouldn't. I like him at I his minutes uh, and roll and cost and all that. He's on the power play in the you know in the big moments, right? He's out there for the Kucherov goal in Game Six. That's the guy you needed for a million bucks. For okay. sure, I'll hear that. I'll hear that. Okay. Um, I thought Muzzin was pretty good in that series. I thought he was maybe their best defenseman. I thought he made a good comeback too. Guys, he's yeah, okay, I agree. Was thirty four? Wow, they should have just LPIR him and trade for Nick Paul. Loving it. (laughs) Honestly, we said like that was the thing I brought up the day after the trade deadline. Is why didn't they just LTIR this guy and do something? I know broke, but they're not broke. They got lots of money. They have no money, cap money, Ah. and they have no assets. He was not allowed to spin another first rounder. Not allowed. Not allowed? Not allowed. Okay. Oh, oh I turned my mic off because you just heard <laughs> All right. This is from Dan on YouTube. Thoughts on TJ Brody's play? I thought his play slipped a little bit, and I thought he struggled in the playoffs. Do they need another right-hand shot defenseman playing his tough minutes? $5 million. Big Brody guy here. Not a big Brody fan. Big Brody guy. No. Great. I mean, every pair he's on is better because he's on it. He protects guys, makes Riley better, makes Muzzin better, yeah. makes Hall I, better. It's only $5 million. He's not 40 I, At $5 million, million, I want a guy that could also play the power play. I want a guy that can maybe be uh, a little more f- physical. Um, he's just an in-betweener for me. And he's only paid like an in-betweener. He's not making... $5 million is a lot of money. I mean, what is that among D earnings? Like the 60th highest paid D-man? I don't know. I'm not telling you it's not market value. Probably 30th. But he's not a great offensive guy. He's not a super shutdown guy. He's not physical. He can't quarterback a power play. I don't know. Yeah, he's just not where your problem is. So, I mean, you trade TJ Brody for now you need TJ Brody again? I understand we're looking at every guy here. but I'm completely fine with him. He's fine. It just doesn't seem like ah, you're going to get Nick, better for that. Yeah, money. just be fine. With Nick him Paul and just made, be fine with losing every first round. Nick Paul made an awesome that 
goal, the second goal was so sick. The skate to stick play. The skate to it's stick. It's actually the same as Tavares' goal to put them up 3 2 in game six, where he really gives them the pass at the yeah. end of the period and he has to throws the goalie off because you go the surprise skate to stick. TJ's fine. He's just not super exciting. That's all for me. No, he's not. You're right. You're right. You're okay. Right. So do you guys want to get into uh, Penguins? Penguins and Rangers? So we have eight clips we haven't played. Ah. Should we do them tomorrow or ah, not at all? Not at all? They're just gone. <laughs> They're depressing. Quite honestly, like I was cutting them today. I was almost crying. They're so depressing. Oh, my. Wait till tomorrow when we hear from the players. Yeah, they'll have a day to rest. Do know? we have Marner? Do we have a clip of Marner the yeah, other day? We do have a clip of Marner. You want to play it, Kipper? Yeah. Oh, boy. What a what great way to end the show. <laughs> I'm glad I could remind us. Yeah. We do have that confidence in us, but... This one's going to sting for quite a bit, so, um, you know, got to make sure uh, everyone just, whenever they go home to the summertime, make sure that uh, come back as a better team, strength-wise, faster, quicker. Um, we're getting sick and tired of feeling like this, so we we, uh, we got to make sure we're ready for this upcoming season. You got to end these, this, this show on sick and tired. That's a pretty good... I'm sick and tired. There you go. I'm just sick and tired. I'm sick, sick and tired, and tired of, of being sick and I'm tired. I'm not sick and tired of you guys, but I'm sick and tired of <laughs> Listen, talking about this crappy team losing gonna, all the time. They're going to have their yeah. – uh, the players will have their say tomorrow, and then they're going to leave. But I just want to say that I don't want to see – no, let me rephrase this. What do you think the time lapse is that uh, – that, that we should see before we see Austin and the Beeb on social media. Oh, God. I want three weeks. See, I don't get the ways to yeah. sit at home in a dark room and be yes. sad. Yes. yes. You should be in. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> yes. Feel bad. Feel bad. Feel shame. No. I don't want to see the Beeb and Austin Matthews on social media <laughs> at least for three weeks. I think Is that's that a, too much time. No, that's a fair number. That's three, a fair number. Three days. Three, oh, days? three days. Well, day four, you're like, I don't know. I've already smoked all the darts in the pack of Belmonts <laughs> I bought. What am I supposed to do? Ten days. <laughs> I'll give you ten days. Ten oh, days. Okay. I'll, I'll go ten days. That's fine. Kipper. It's true, though. That, that There was a few things that triggered Here's, me more. The last year after the, wasn't it? It was UFC. Was that a UFC yes. thing? It was yeah. like him, Joe Thornton, and the Beebs were strutting around. <laughs> so here, here's, you know, you know what I want to get out of the way. Before you hear all the quotes from them at the press conference and say, don't say that, don't say that, I don't want to hear that, let us know ahead of time. What do you not want to hear from the press conference? Or So you're, if you're the PR guy, well, what's the message? How do you come out of this and have people go, I liked what they said? What could they possibly say that would make you happy in the upcoming presser? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Yes. Big Thank nothing. you. Nothing. They cannot win t- this year. No. 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 Okay, I actually have one thing. Don't say. We had some good looks. Don't oh. say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks <No>. for watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had some good looks, please. What if they say, no. we, what if he says, I know we can't say we had good looks. Like, he has some self-awareness. I don't know. There's no way to win for these guys now. They're done. Maybe it's uh, Eddie Olchuk, Mike Hartman. Just give me another chance. <laughs> Just give me another chance, people. Uh, oh. That'd be dubious. I'd, I'd be golfing. I'd be golfing every day, not have my phone on, just out there playing golf and well, think about it. That's two hours, and we've solved nothing. No solutions. Zero. But it was fun. Did have fun. Well, it was? Well, 
Misery loves company. Therapeutic. And we, so, we were a group here together today. Thank you for listening and being a part of this group, yes. group session. Listen, we, we, had over, we had over 2,000 viewers on our YouTube channel. Humming along today. And we almost, like, oh my God, we can almost hit 500 likes. That's not, We've never even done that before. That is so cool. Crush it. All right. And if uh, you're downloading, uh, subscribe to our uh, iTunes or Spotify. Uh, send us a rating and review. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. Our thanks to Gord Stellick, helping us solve nothing, <laughs> is the wonderful and talented Gord Stellick. Uh, Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, uh, Sammy McKee, of course, uh, my good buddy JB. Glad you were along for the ride. We'll, back, we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, lots to say. Sammy, maybe a little early, so check social media, check Twitter. We'll see. We'll see. Thanks for joining us, everybody.